Thanks for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And today we have, I think, a very culturally relevant topic for you all. Mm-hmm. But before we get started, we're two weeks into Lent. So just a check-in. Fred, how's your Lent going? <laughs> well, uh, I wrote a, our most recent blog post was about my Lent so far. Uh, and those of those of you that follow us, you probably saw I accidentally ate, ate meat on mm. a Friday in Lent. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's some up my Lent so far. I yeah. feel like it does. Yeah. The irony there is for the past few years, our family were vegan. <laughs> and and so the funny thing is about that, you you kind of forgot, or at least we did, about the Friday's the, a thing. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not because we don't know it's church teaching, but just in practice. Right. Like we were in the habit Because you do of, it every day. Right. We yeah. were in the habit of doing something other than no meat because it didn't feel like a sacrifice. Right. You know, and so... And then recently we discovered a gluten allergy, you're well aware yeah. of that. And so I was so focused on eating gluten-free that right. I forgot about the no meat thing. Yeah. And I remember even making a joke to you about that, mm-hmm. not to do that. And then I ended up doing it. So um, <laughs> in a way that kind of describes <laughs> yeah. my Lent so far. Which but, was basically the last episode, like feeling right. like a failure. So did you feel like a failure yeah. and I, are you okay with I, it? I, <laughs> I did. I did. I felt immediate... Uh, shame when I realized. Um, but I remember the next morning I woke up with just a reminder from the Lord, my ner- mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and I needed that because I felt like, wow, I'm really stinking it up this Lent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, mine was very similar. So right after Ash Wednesday, that night into Thursday, I got really sick. And so I'm trying not to watch TV after my kids go to sleep. Um, and making my evenings like more intentional with certain things or more recreational. And then I got really sick. So I was just like glued to the couch because I couldn't walk without getting sick. And I'm like, how do you sit on the couch all day sick and not watch TV? <laughs> yeah. What else is there to do? I've napped already. Like check. So mine was very much like, wow, I'm two days into Lent and I'm already terrible at what I'm supposed to be giving up because <laughs> I definitely watched TV while I was sick. So I don't know. I think the, like the lesson, though, of, of our previous episode wasn't like, you know, let the guilt get to you. It was like, OK, but even when you mess up in the midst of Lent, like God's grace is sufficient to help us get back into it and to remind us like what we're really trying to do in Lent which is, you know, unite those sufferings, even if those sufferings come from feeling guilty that we messed up on what we're giving up, right. unite those sufferings to Christ's sufferings and prepare for Holy Week. So yeah, mine was a little bit rough too, but I'm trying to get better. Yeah. I, I do feel like along with that has come, like, I don't know, a desire for the holiness. Like I'm seeing how bad I am at Lent and it's making me desire yeah. to be better at it. Right. Uh, not just Lent, but this holiness thing in general. Yeah. So I mentioned that um, two weeks ago I got sick and I kind of wanted to share some news. I don't know if that's the best Mm -hmm. transition to that. (laughs) But um, so my husband BJ and I, we are expecting our third baby. So I am almost halfway. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What Like 16 weeks. So almost halfway. Um, And the baby did not like shrimp, not like shrimp (laughs) at all. So that was day two of Lent. But we're really excited about, you know, um, welcoming number three into our family. So I wanted to share that with all of our listeners because we do very much want to invite you into our lives and the lives of our families. Um, And that's a big thing that's coming up. So we're really excited for it. Um, Our patrons got a little insight into that news a couple weeks ago. So, you know, they get kind of some early access or excess, um, you know, excess content or whatever. So we did share the news with them. So if, if you like being in the know, you know, mm. just be just be our patron. It's fine. Yes. And <laughs> how do they get to our Patreon page? Um, you can either visit our website, drawnear.me, and then hit the donate button in the top right corner or just go to Patreon um, slash drawnear. Nice. Yeah. So um, if you are interested in doing that, We actually are really hopeful for adding things to this podcast. So what would some of that uh, money go towards, Fred, uh, that would be beneficial to our listeners? Right. Well, Kara, we are really wanting to get uh, videos to supplement our podcast and maybe even do some of the video by podcast. Uh, That means we need a camera and set equipment to do that. So that is one of our goals to uh, at least have enough coming in that we can do that. Get a camera. Um, for get a camera a, yeah. and the video equipment we need 
we have um, a nice chapel slash studio here. Mm-hmm. We finally got our Stations of the Cross mm-hmm. in, so we'll be sharing that with you soon. We're excited about that. But um, the stations, as awesome as they are, mm-hmm. won't help us make a video. Right. They're just a, a pretty background, right? Yeah. But we do want to get our YouTube channel up and running and provide a little more content. For I think that'd you. be super fun too. Like the editing would be way harder because I don't know if you all remember that one episode where I accidentally said shave Fred's face off. The The laughter that ensued in the audio was like three minutes shorter than what it actually <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. So if it was video or even if eventually we did something live, you guys would get some real, real insight. Into yeah. that. I, I feel like the patrons... Yeah. should have access to that blooper because it was quite hilarious yeah i actually do want to do that like just make mm. an episode of like bloopers that we've had mm. to cut out and it'll just like back to back go through those yes i think that'd be so funny that'd be great for the patrons yeah. yeah that'd be fun but i do think um yeah that would be really cool to be able to offer video content video podcasts and even taking like what we do with the shorties and making them mm-hmm. into you know a video that you could share with if you like our information or you work for a parish or something that you would be able to even take and share so yeah we're really hopeful that we could be able to do that but we can't do it without money so right, if yeah. you feel called um, please visit our patreon page or our draw near dot me page and hit donate and become a patron and you'll get a shout out yes. on our episodes <laughs> yes <laughs> and as always if nothing else pray for us yes please because uh, we pray for you we pray for all of our listeners and just the fact that you listen to us means a lot to us yeah Yeah, so we'll go ahead and get into today's topic today. And I said that I think it's very culturally relevant. And I say that because that's actually what we're going to be talking about is just how um, how to live in a world and especially the culture um, here in the U.S. specifically, obviously, because we do have listeners outside of the U.S., but we live in the U.S. So that's what we're going to be able to speak into more, Um, how it's so countercultural to live the Catholic faith and live it so like trying to live it so authentically. And so we really want to get into that today. So one, one of the quotes, I think we mentioned this on our previous made for greatness episode, um, is from Pope Benedict. And he says, you're not made for greatness or sorry. He says, you're not made for comfort. You are made for greatness. But before he says that, he says, the world promises you comfort. The world promises you comfort. And I think that is so telling because it does. There are a lot of things that bring us comfort. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like call them out and be like, those are bad. So many of them are actually very wholesome things, Mm -hmm. you know, like the comfort of my bed and resting. And like, I love my pillow. I take it everywhere. That She does too. I do. (laughs) There's like, that's a whole, a very wholesome thing. Like our bodies naturally need rest. So I guess like, what are some of those things, I guess, in your life, Fred, and maybe we can talk about this, that are good and that can bring you comfort? Well, Kara, I think also with like as the first example that comes to mind as I stutter through my answer <laughs> and give you lots of work to do for editing. And now I start I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in. <laughs> it's good. Um, at the entertainment and things like that. I think my mind immediately goes there and the thing that comes to mind is a quote from St. John Bosco, following the Lord doesn't mean being miserable and not having fun. Right. Right. Those are are gifts that we've been given to enjoy Mm -hmm. because we need those things. Right. But also they do have, they do provide us a level of comfort. I think it was Mother Teresa. She said, uh, it's actually in my email signature. She says, joy is the net by which we catch souls. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're not supposed to be like walking around miserable. We're supposed to be joyful. And so especially, you know, there's, there's like this mentality, I think all throughout the culture um, and not not just, you know, Catholic circles, that's like self-care or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you do get to a point, I'm speaking from the point of a mother, where like you're walking around like a zombie and you're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I just need to go and rest. You and need to go to the bathroom by yourself. I need to go to the bathroom by myself. and I Or maybe I want to go get my like toes done or something. And I think that, like those are good, wholesome comforts. Um, you know, do you feel called to lead a life of, you know, complete poverty like St. Francis? Maybe. And so maybe you completely disagree with, with what we're saying. But we also live in a world that like, might bring us a lot of trials and tribulations that we need to seek comfort from. Like Mm -hmm. 
sorry, that came out wrong. Not to seek comfort from the things that cause trial, but like if you have something difficult going on in your life, like pause and realize for your your own sake and the sake of your mental health, like how can I rest right now as opposed to just falling into this right. and like letting it be detrimental? Does yeah. that make sense? No, that makes sense, Kara. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes for me, a game of wingspan or viticulture yeah. or something like that is what I need, Right. you know, to kind of... To calm my mind down, to find peace, and just to relax with those that I care about. Right. You know, and that's not a bad thing. Right. You're going to hear children in the background. Um, that's okay. Yes. We, we do this in a home. Right. We, we have families. With seven, wait, eight, eight children outside this door. Yeah. Had to do the math. Yeah. Um, with that said though, actually, if you have not listened to the, um, what is it titled? Leading children to Christ. Leading children to Christ. If you have not listened to that episode, go and listen to it, especially the end. I just, right. I played it for BJ so many times. Mm. I was like, this is so cute. It's pretty darn cute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to know what we're talking about, go listen to it. <laughs> it is on its way to becoming one of our most listened to episodes. That's Kara. Awesome. I think it's in the top five. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so like we live in a culture that does offer us a lot of these comforts, some of them by necessity i mean it's easy for us to live in a world where like comfort is is found in money because like we live in a warm house because we have a job and can pay bills to be warm in our winter like that is a a very natural body comfort that comes from income like we live in a world where you have to pay for things Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and or like conveniences like it's super easy especially as a mom to order my groceries online, go sit there for five minutes and they just bring me my groceries. I actually did have like a really mom guilt moment where I was like, I'm robbing my child of the experience of the grocery store. <laughs> like she's never going to know how to shop uh, for her own groceries. It's hilarious that you say that because <laughs> that has been the one question that I have had. Yeah. And we use a COVID obviously is the yeah. cause of a lot of this, but we've started to do that as well. The online pickup. Yeah. And and I've had that question, like, I remember many trips to the grocery yeah. store of having to amuse myself yeah. as a child and learn how to do that. But also, like, at least in theory, that is a good opportunity for parents to teach their kids healthy habits right. and healthy choices. So yeah. I totally get that because I struggle with I that, know. too. Well, and like, that was even sometimes some of mine and BJ's, like, early dates. Like, we would want ice cream. And so we'd, like, go to the grocery store and I'd get on the cart like a child mm. and he'd, like, push me. And, you know, I don't know. That's very childish. But it was super fun. And mm. so I don't know. I felt like I was robbing, robbing her. Anyways, but that's a convenience that we have just in the culture that we live in. Or, like, being able to call an app and they deliver our food. We don't have to go through the drive-thru, which our drive-thru is already a convenience so like I don't want to I don't want to call out those things as if they're bad things because I do think that they offer those conveniences and those very helpful things especially for for families or for people who can't go do that on their own but I think the point of that is that um maybe over access like we have so much access to comforts we do yeah can really can really hinder our growth not just in our spiritual life and in our relationship with god although that's like that especially that but our growth just as people like example with the grocery store like clara is missing out on you know how to pick out good snacks or missing out on no we brought this for a budget and so we need to budget for our groceries Mm -hmm. or whatever like very human skills and so i think when we you know overindulge in specific comforts that it can really become a vice or a, even even to the point of sin mm-hmm. and take away from our spiritual growth. Gary, I see a lot of truth in what you're saying. Um, one thing that stands out to me is where those comforts can lead us. I think when we indulge so much, they allow us to lose our perspective if we're not careful. Yeah. Um, I think you can see that. Just look at what's trending in social media and then con- contrast that with what the current news is, you know, but like the recent war in Ukraine and compare that with some of the things that are trending right now. Um, And it's just like how disconnected we are. We are. We've got the baseball lockout. You have that happening Mm -hmm. at the same time. I think it's remedied now, but contrast millionaires fighting with billionaires Mm -hmm. with women and children fleeing for their life in Ukraine. Uh, what a contrast that is just how much we lose our perspective and i'm 
upset that I can't see the baseball game and they just need a home, right. you know, at, I don't know. And maybe I'm picking fights where I don't need to, but, it's, but that does bother me. Well, and it's still an example of like, okay, one of the conveniences that we have in our life is like, we can easily contact somebody through our cell phone. We can easily look up information online or in social media. And like, this is the, the culture that so many of our young people and I think us to a degree in our generation grew up, grew up with. But because of that convenience, the world is around us and we didn't always have that. It was, it was, you know, you go to your neighbor, but now it's, you look on your phone and you can see what's happening in Ukraine. But I think that has a, can have an effect on our mentality and how we approach things, you know, is it, is it saddening to the point where it moves us to help, which for so many it does, Mm -hmm. or is it, oh, I'm sitting here with my friend having coffee, seeing that somebody, you know, somebody's fleeing for their life. Mm -hmm. And it just like takes away kind of the, the pathos, like the emotional side, because we see it so often. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is like the culture we live in and the convenience of, you know, our technology even has, has led to a place where, you know, our headlines are different from what's going on in the world. Right. Like I don't want to see that suffering. So I change the channel or I close the app or I, um, hide all posts from, you know, such and such rather than allowing the Lord to potentially speak to us Mm -hmm. in that, how, how can we help or, or even allow ourselves to just be moved to pray in that moment. We just, uh, I don't want to be faced with that. I want to be comfortable. I want to be happy. Right. Um, That's one thing that stood out to me also. Like when a lot of this news was breaking, uh, the kids wanted to play games. You know, in in our house, we've got a ton of board games, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And I just remember thinking, gosh, how spoiled am I? How ungrateful am I? Um, But just I feel like I take everything I have for granted. I take all of my comforts for granted when I see women and children hiding in a basement. Right. And that's all they have is the clothes right, they're like wearing. They didn't take all their board games. They and, didn't take, yeah. yeah, they didn't take, you know, um, there's no PS5s with right. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't take the new TV. It's, that's all they have. Mm-hmm. And I just felt very ungrateful. Um, and I think that's been part of my Lent, going back to what how we started the show, is just realizing I love my comforts. Mm-hmm. But perhaps I love them too much. Yeah, yeah, and that's the point. Like, I I don't think any of this content, you know, that we're that we're twenty minutes into this episode, is not meant to be like the world is just in this devastating state. Right? Woe is us. Like that's that's not the point of this. It really is. Okay, where is the world? And we're called to look at the signs of the times. Where are we at in the world? And like, how is God calling us? to use that or use what's going on in our interior life, like feeling like, you know, Mm. you're taking things for granted, Fred. How is he calling us to use those things and help us grow more intentionally closer to him? So I think, honestly, the thing that stands out to me is we almost live in a world that, like, demands comfort. Like, you want to avoid suffering and tribulation at all costs, and if something brings you comfort, do it. Like, almost not even almost, it is to the point of embracing sin and denying that it's even a sin. Like, oh, okay, if sexuality and lust brings you comfort, embrace it. Here it is on your phone. Go watch it. It's a natural thing. Explore it. Or, okay, you you love shopping or you like going on vacation, post it for everyone to see. Put a link. Maybe they'll buy it. You know, it's, it's removing this whole idea that something is wrong or something is a sin. Mm. And it's saying, if you feel good or it brings you enjoyment or it brings you comfort, even if it's wrong, do it. And almost, and not almost, it is mm-hmm. twisting it to the point where that's natural, even though it's a completely against our nature. Mm. That's what kind of stands out to me. And I think even, even those wholesome things that bring us comfort can take us to a place where it's a vice or it's a sin or it's counter to virtue. Like, I don't know. I'm thinking, okay, if, if you grew up in a family that could pay your bills and you had the comfort of being in a warm house for winter, or like you come, you know, you come from a good job where you have money. Okay. Can that lead you to greed? 
Are you so connected to the comfort of your money that you don't rely on the trust of God and having faith that God's going to provide or even, you know, judgment on the poor because they have less than us. Mm -hmm. So those, those natural like comforts that we need to live in this world can lead us to sin and away from virtue. Yeah. I think our daily provisions, particularly in our culture, United States, I think lends itself to that. Right. Um, if I need something, I go out and buy it. Right. I don't necessarily need to believe God's word that says he will provide for all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Right. Because eh, I do it. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, in, in that attitude, we don't recognize that everything we have is still coming from the Lord, whether we think it's us or not. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's a natural, like, I can go out and buy my groceries. I'm not just going to sit on the couch and be like, God will make them come. Because there's that right. that story of, yeah. you know, the story I'm talking about where it's like, God, save me from this storm. And it's right. flooding. And he sends a boat. And he sends a helicopter. He's like, right. no, no, God will save me. Yeah. And he's like, God, why didn't you save me? He's like, I did. Why didn't you get on the boat? Right. right. <laughs> so, obviously, there's a natural element to, you know, we have money to go get groceries. Go get groceries. Like, that's God right. providing for yeah. your family. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Recognizing God. Recognizing. In, in the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, or like, um, like the conveniences that we have with food mm-hmm. or, um, you know, social media, like those can lead to addictions. Or I mentioned I gave up watching TV for Lent. Um I, like that was very much a comfort for me, just like being able to sit down on the couch, snuggle up with the blanket, binge watch a couple episodes of something with, you know, a bowl of cereal and hot chocolate. That is my comfort. And I just I felt like God was saying, you're wasting your time. And like and that really hit me because it's like I don't get a whole lot of time on this earth. I don't know how long I get. And I'm just sitting here doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it brings me comfort. But it also is keeping me from growing in a different, you know, a different skill. Like right now I'm trying to redo, I'm re- trying to redo the nursery and <laughs> I'm terrible with DIY stuff. BJ's like, I'm never shopping for you because I like don't know what I need. <laughs> so I'm working on that. But if I sit on the couch and, and watch TV, I'm not growing in even a natural skill, let alone my prayer life or let alone a virtue. Mm-hmm. And so I think just taking the the time to recognize or just pray about like what are what are things that might be too comfortable for me or be too much um, that I'm relying too much on in my life that's keeping me almost from God? Right. Yeah. Enter Lent. Yeah. I mean, that's Lent. Yeah, you're right. That's Lent. It gives it gives us an opportunity to say, you know, Lord, I love you more than these. Right. Yeah. It does. So I gave a, a talk recently that was very similar to this. And in that... Um, I used an example from a movie. I'm sure most people have seen it. Um, it's called God's Not Dead. And it's, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Fred's just pointing something. <laughs> so it's uh, it's from God's Not Dead. It's, you know, it was released several years ago. So it's an older movie. But there's one scene in there um, that's like my favorite scene. And uh, one time I put this. Should I share that story? <laughs> I feel like you have to, but we can't name names. But it's okay. the reason we're laughing. Okay, so. all right. One time I put this in notes to help out um, a friend who was giving a talk. And in the notes, which I figured that this person would look at and, and see like, oh, what is that? And maybe ask a question. But I put, God's not dead, jail cell. And then they, they were like in the mm. middle of the talk and they just read the notes. God's not dead jail cell. Yeah. And like in front of everyone, I was like, oh no. Oh it, no. it was really, really awkward because <laughs> so, they're just like. What is that? Yeah. So that's okay. That's all right. Um, anyways. So that's the scene though. It's like my favorite scene in the movie. And it's the scene where um, this son who throughout the whole movie is just very prideful, um, very lost and. He's visiting his mom and he's an atheist and he's just sitting in the corner of this nursing home because throughout the whole movie, his mom, she's elderly. She has dementia. She's um, clearly in a care facility and she hasn't said anything the whole movie. She just stares. Um, And he's sitting in the corner and he's like, I don't even know why I'm here. You don't even know who I am. And then he just kind of goes into this whole kind of seems like, you know, it's just like a life crisis moment for him. And he goes into this whole um, this whole spiel, like, your whole life you've done everything right. You've believed and you've prayed and now you're here. You know, you've never done anything wrong. You're the nicest person I know. I'm the meanest person I know. You have dementia. My life's perfect. 
explain that to me. Mm-hmm. And that was basically what he was saying to his his mom, who he figured did not understand a single word he was saying. And then she goes into just, oh, the best. I lo- This is why it's my favorite scene. Because I, growing up, like I, my great grandma, she had Alzheimer's. And we would go and visit her every Sunday after church. And very we very much watched this progression. Like, I mean, I grew up with her in her own home. And then... You know, she came and and lived where we where we lived and where I grew up, and we watched this like her going from that point of knowing who who you are, being very coherent to not saying anything, and you're not even sure if she understands what you're saying. And so this is like one of my favorite things because it's just like such a profound quote coming from this woman who you assume isn't even there, and she just goes, um, "Sometimes the devil allows people to live free of trouble because he doesn't want them turning to God." Sin is like a jail cell, except it's all nice and comfy that you never want to leave, except the door's always open until one day it slams shut and it's too late. Now, apart from the theological things, because obviously the devil mm. doesn't hand, you know, he doesn't control our suffering and whatnot. But I think there is very much elements of truth to that, that sin is comfy, but like we get so trapped in it that we don't even recognize the harm that it's doing to us. And we don't even recognize that sometimes that that harm is God calling us, hey, I have something more for you. Mm. And so I guess like the point of that for, for me is like, we can see these things as comforts without realizing that they're actually vices and they're actually leading us to sin. But if they're happening in our life or if God's allowing them to happen in our life, it's because he's calling us to something more. And I think we just have to make that conscious effort to discern that. Like, what is the more? What am I missing in my life? Or what is this current comfort or this current vice really causing in my heart that God's trying to transform and get out of the jail cell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kira, as you're talking about comforts and things that can lead us to sin, let's say, let's use video games, for example. That could be somebody that they're fun, they enjoy it. But if video games are causing you to neglect your family, Mm -hmm. because that's your priority, enter sin. Does that make sense? I think I hear a lot of that in what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think a lot of our love of comfort is because we are refusing to suffer in one sense. We're refusing to suffer the the lack of something in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, to look at ourselves and see shortcomings is for us a suffering. Right. And we don't want that. We don't want to be that self-aware. Yeah. But if we're talking about being made for great- greatness, if we're talking about growing in holiness, self-awareness is the key to that. Right. It really is. To be self-aware is how we grow to the next stage uh, in our life. And Lent offers us an opportunity to become more self-aware, to really see who we are and and how God is calling us and what he's calling us to, which is something greater always. If you remember our Come Follow Me episode, Kara, which I know you do because you've heard me (laughs) talk about it a million times, and we talk about it all the time, um, Anytime you drop that net, it's to pick up something greater. Right. Now, that something greater might be a cross, mm-hmm. and that can be hard, but the cross is for a greater good, ultimately. The other day, I was at um, a parish, and I heard a homily. And at the end of the homily, it was said that when we follow the Lord, all that suffering goes away. Mm. No, that's right. not true. Right. And I had to have a, a discussion with the kids about that because uh, we're not Gnostics. Right. You know, maybe we should do an episode on <laughs> Gnosticism in the church. We'll be really controversial with that one. Yeah. Um, we'll have to have a, a better title than Gnosticism in the church. For those that but, don't know, yeah. that's a heresy. Like, it, it's a teaching that's counter to the church. Right. Yeah. And it, it basically is saying that um, your body's a prison, yeah. you know, this sort of this sort of idea that suffering is not from God and that sort of idea. The thing is, when you follow the Lord, there can be sufferings, and there probably will be sufferings. He says that himself. Mm -hmm. But when you follow the Lord, the suffering isn't without meaning. It serves a purpose. Uh, And we did an episode on willingness to suffer, so maybe folks should go back and listen to that. But um, it serves a purpose. So, Kara, I think a good example here is Jesus himself. 
uh, obviously we're told to pick up our cross and follow him. Mm-hmm. But it also scripture also says Hebrews twelve two, Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Mm-hmm. And listeners are familiar with this passage because I quote it often, but that's kind of the point. Right. That the things we endure this life serve a greater purpose. We can offer them up for the joy that's set before us. Like mm-hmm. what was the joy that Jesus endured that suffering for? It was you, Kara. Yeah. It was me. Mm-hmm. It was the baby that's in your womb right now, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was every person listening to my voice mm-hmm. now. Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before you. Kara, I think uh, you are an amazing example of this. And my wife, who we just had, Francis Claire, was just born a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think we forgot to mention that. So, Yeah, because she was born after our last episode came out. So, yes, yeah. 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 So Francis Claire has officially arrived. Uh, when I think of Kara, when I think of my wife, Crystal, I think nobody exemplifies that scripture passage better than moms mm-hmm. who endure the suffering that is childbirth for the joy that is set before them, which is that baby. Right. Um, and yet they're following the Lord. Mm-hmm. Why are they suffering? Suffering serves a greater good. And mm-hmm. it's just like that in our lives. Well, I think that's a good point, too, with chi- like with childbirth, because a lot of times you said like it's hard to be self-aware of the ways that we are falling short or allowing those comforts to become sin and vices because it can lead us to suffering or trial. And in the moment, like there's a whole lot of suffering in childbirth. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of suffering in the moment of being like cleansed and purified of sin and enduring, you know, a hardship of that. But when you come out of it and you have that joy of a child in your arms or you have that joy of like a deeper relationship with Christ and letting go of that of that sin, maybe you're addicted to something and that's going to be a trial to overcome that. But there's a joy at the end of it. You forget very mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. what that suffering was like, not the impact that it had on you, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking of childbirth. You I mean, it's 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 trial. It is suffering. Mm-hmm. But now being pregnant with the third like. I don't remember that exact pain. I know it's pain, but I don't mm-hmm. remember that exact pain. So I think the same goes with the trials we go through in our life. When we experience what God is trying to bring out of the suffering, I feel like this is becoming a suffering episode. That's fine. <laughs> when he's like, when we finally come out of that and we allow ourselves to be self-aware of the things that are detrimental in our life, we forget how hard it was to come out of it. We know it was hard, but we forget exactly how hard because there's now that joy mm-hmm. uh, as the fruit of it. Yeah. Amen. When you were talking to um, a scripture passage came to my mind. So we started this episode by quoting Pope Benedict and saying, um, the world promises you comfort. So the scripture passage that came to my mind was John sixteen thirty three, And I just, like I said, I just gave a talk about this and this was like the school's um, theme for the year. So it was awesome. <laughs> like they had a poster of it in their room. So it just was really good. It fit perfectly. But basically John, John sixteen thirty three. it says in the world, you will have tribulation, but have courage. I have overcome the world. And the point that I made there was how can Benedict, who says the world will promise you comfort, and Christ, who says the world will bring you tribulation, how can they both be true? Mm-hmm. Because I don't find comfort in tribulation. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I do with the joy that comes after right. it. Yeah. But th- they're very opposite things. So how can they both be true? And I think the point that you made was dropping your nets. Mm-hmm. That's indicative of the apostles and the disciples who he called and they dropped their nets and they went. And I think that's the difference for me in reading John 16 is because the audience he's talking to are his followers. So he's talking to the people who have dropped their nets. They're saying yes to living a life of virtue. They're walking against the current of their current culture, which is not kind to believers of Christ, Jewish or Christian. And there is a hundred percent tribulation and that's what Christ promises them as his disciples in this world, you will have tribulation. So I think then when we say the world promises you comfort, not to say again, when we are embracing the wholesome comforts, but the people who experience comfort in this world are the people who are not living as disciples. Does that make sense? If Mm -hmm. he says that it's his disciples who will experience tribulation, Now, I'm not saying like, I just live this 
brutal <laughs> right. trial, like life filled with trial. Like there, there are those comforts and there's those joys and those restful moments. Absolutely. So when I say if, if you're comfortable in your life, you're not a disciple, that's not what I mean. I mean, and that's in that sense, like you're embracing the wholesome, you're being prudent and you're practicing mm-hmm. the virtue of embracing some of those comforts. But again, when we take those and they become addictions or they become vices or they take away the virtue of faith, hope, charity in God and for other people, that's when we're not actually living as a disciple. Even if we think we are, even if we're going to church, even if we're trying to pray, but we're not relying on God. Mm-hmm. We're no longer his disciples like the apostles in scripture who he says you will have tribulation because we're embracing the comfort of the world. And this isn't God's world. This is the devil's world. And he even takes it further in in the gospel of John. So that was John 16. He even takes it further in John 17 when he's in discussion with his father, Jesus says, and he says, I have given my disciples your word. And then he says, the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Who finds comfort in that? Mm -hmm. The world will hate you. And he Mm -hmm. says that in Matthew 10 too. He says, you will be hated by all because of my name, but those who endure till the end will be saved. Mm -hmm. Who finds comfort in hearing you will be hated? Right. Not a whole lot of people. He also tells them to take courage. Yes. Because I have overcome the world. Yes. And then in the Matthew 10, he says, those who endure till the end will be saved. Mm -hmm. So I think, there's a lot of fear maybe in Mm -hmm. the following of Christ. We're saying, if you follow Christ, you'll have tribulation. If you follow Christ, you will be hated. Maybe there could be fear in that. But I think the, the, the point, which we want to get into a little bit more, I'm sure is the courage is the courage, like have courage to be different from the world, have courage to endure till the end, because God gives us a promise. If you endure, you will be saved. And there's reason to have courage because Christ has overcome the world. Yeah, Kara, we forget how many times in Scripture the Lord says, fear not. Fear not. Oh, 365, I think. I have not gone through and counted, and it's multiple variations of be not afraid, do not fear, multiple, you know, but I heard um, from one of my my teachers, 365, you can be reminded every single day, Mm -hmm. do not have fear. Yeah, and constantly the Lord says, fear not. Yes. Our response is, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but Isaiah... But, 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 and we yeah, have so right. many... But what if they see me pray? Uh-huh. But, but what, what if... What if somebody hates me? What, or... well, yeah. Um, oh, I can't pray for my meal in front of everybody, you know, that sort of a thing. And yet Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Victorious right hand. Kara, I read the back. I read the book. We win. Which book? The Bible. <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> yeah. It's a dad joke, but spoiler warning, we win. Yeah. Um, the Lord says over and over again, fear not. Mm-hmm. Take courage. And I think Benedict is saying the same thing. Yeah. In that passage, what I heard... Um, you, you might have to read the end part again for me. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious Yes. Right yes. I will strengthen you. I will help you. So we're talking a lot about vices. Well, I don't think you can talk about vices without doing the opposite yeah. and talking about growing in virtue, virtue and growing in holiness. But that passage, I will strengthen you. I will help you is really the how. It's like fear not. We ask why not. And he gives us the how, like, why not? Because I will help you. I will strengthen you. So how do we say no to embracing vices or letting comforts become sin and grow in virtue? Kara, I think our response often to this life of holiness thing, at least for me, is although we may not say it in words, we act like we have to do it ourselves Uh and in our own strength. Uh I will do this my own way. I will... uh, by the bootstraps yeah. with I Lent, this. I will. I will not I eat will, meat. And I, I will, will. I will. Yeah. I think last. You, the only time you hear "I will," "I will," "I will" in Scripture is somebody that gets in a lot of trouble. <laughs> His name is Lucifer, <laughs> and that's not what you want to be saying. But the promise that Jesus makes by sending the Holy Spirit is He's giving us the Helper. Yeah. He literally comes to live in us to give us the grace and power to overcome these very vices yeah. and the very things we struggle with to help us, to strengthen us. 
that we would be victorious. Yep. He comes to live his life in us, and that's amazing. Yeah. He says, uh, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes. He so, says that. Yeah. Like, he's the one who gives us the strength, yeah. and he does that by living us. That's the point I was getting at, too, 100%. We can't deny vices. We can't get away from addictions. We can't cut out sin in our life and grow in holiness without God's grace and without the ministry of the church where it's just an overflowing like outpouring of that grace in the ministry of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. So 100% it's it's inviting Christ to live within us and he does that very real through going to confession mm-hmm. and walking out in right. a state of in a state of grace. And mm-hmm. okay, I gotta go into this. I gotta go into the grace teaching. Do you care? Yes. No, go ahead. Okay, I get super Teach nerdy. Away, I get so nerdy. And you're a little feisty today, so it's good. I'm I've been doing good. <laughs> I've been holding back. Um, we we go to confession. We receive grace. So the word that Saint Paul uses over and over in the New Testament for grace is caris. I mentioned this in in the Mary episode. Kikari tomine that. Caris was the was the root of that word, so it's caris, C H A R I S, and that word literally translates to mean gift. So the word that Paul uses to write grace is gift, and so often I feel like we look at the ministry of the church and the sacraments as like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to go to confession or oh, I have to go to mass or we don't see necessarily the beauty of it. And I am so guilty of this. This was very much me a couple masses ago. And I straight up told God that I was like, I'm not here because I want to be here. I'm here because I feel like I don't want to be here and I know I need to desire you and I don't. So I am guilty of that too. Like we don't always approach the blessed sacrament or the, the sacraments with you know, this embrace of this gift and it is a gift. And that's how we are empowered and strengthened to live a life of virtue is to allow God to give us this free gift of grace and live within us and empower us to say no to sin and grow closer to God. Good stuff, Kara. (laughs) I I was getting feisty there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kara, I just keep coming back to Philippians 4, which I think if I had to pick one chapter of the Bible that was my favorite chapter, because that's what Bible geeks do. What's your favorite verse? What's your favorite chapter? You were like nerding out about Galatians 6 today. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, Philippians 4. Um, maybe maybe you're struggling with some of what we've discussed today, mm-hmm. which I don't. we're not done yet, I don't think. But um, Philippians 4, I feel like. Spend some time in Philippians 4. I think it has a lot of answers in there for you. Um, Are you going to give them those answers? I am, just okay. in a moment. <laughs> okay. Paul talks a little bit about all the things he's suffered and being comfortable, and he uses that word in some translations, in those sufferings. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I complain of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am in, in to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. goes right back to that verse you were mm-hmm. talking about, yeah. that with Christ, that is where our comfort is. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of suffering, the true comfort is in Christ. And we have to keep that in mind, that the things we struggle with the most, those are the very things that the Lord is calling forth greatness in us, where he's calling us to shine in virtue. That vice you're struggling with the most, mm-hmm. that's the Lord is calling you to shine forth in virtue in that very thing. If you will allow his grace to work in and through you, right. you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When I am weak, then I am strong. That's also, that's 1 Corinthians, I think it's 12, 9, but I'm not positive. Okay. Even Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't. Yeah. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Right. So if that struggle was true for Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, yeah. how much more for us, How if he had to rely on Christ that much, right. how much more do we? 
I think that's a good point too because really I don't want anybody walking away from this just feeling like so downtrodden if there's something that you're going through that you're struggling with or if there's something that hopefully God is like working within all of us in the midst of a trial or in the midst of embracing too much of a comfort and helping us to be more self-aware is exactly that like I don't want someone to walk away feeling discouraged because even the greatest saints, like they recognize the ways that they fall short. Like you said with Paul, yeah, like the things that I don't want to do, I do. And that that was actually really hard. Like I knew I shouldn't watch TV even when I wasn't sick. Like we're only two weeks into Lent and I wasn't sick. And there was like a show that I follow that was on. I was like, it's just an hour. Like the things I don't want to do and I know I shouldn't do, I do. Right. And so like recognizing, okay, I cannot do this without you. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone has ever gone to our website and looked at my bio, that's like, that's like the first, one of the first lines from John fifteen five. Mm-hmm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, and that's the passage with the vine and the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So that's really like, like walk away with that. Just feeling so joyful and so empowered by the love that God has for us, that he gave us the church, which is just this constant outpouring of grace and the constant outpouring that gives us the fruit to say no to sin and to grow in virtue and to turn away from excess comforts. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's like, that is a part, such a big part of the good news that Mm -hmm. is the gospel and that is Jesus in our redemption is like, he gives us the means to continue to be redeemed every single day. I love that. Yeah, Kara, I think anytime the Lord asks us to walk away from something else, even if it's something that makes us comfortable, or take something away from us, he always has something better Oh yeah. in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you can look at the apostles themselves. Like, It was a very wholesome trade for James and John to be fishermen with their father, but God called them away from that. And maybe they were comfortable. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were doing really good and catching lots of fish or like the Chosen series portrays. Maybe they were all struggling. But he called them away for something greater. And that was to be his first followers. And so I think you're absolutely right. He calls us to something. If he calls us away from something, it's for something greater. It says as much right here in Mark 10, 29. Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with with persecutions Mm -hmm. and in the age to come eternal life. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, you've left all this behind for me. You will receive something greater with persecutions right but there is the hope of eternity with me right which is even greater that is the quote from benedict the world does promise us comforts we were not made for comfort we were made for greatness and that is the greatness and we have a means to live that out in this life does that mean that your friends always think well of you no does that mean your family or your siblings always think well of you and that you know matthew 10 won't come to fruition, you will be hated by all because of my name. No, that's not what greatness is in the eyes of God. That's what greatness is maybe in our own eyes, a fear of not being liked or in the eyes of the world. But in God's eyes, it's growing in virtue. It's growing more in love with him. It's having a a prayer life and a spiritual life. It's embracing the sacramental life of the church to receive the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, that greatness is heaven. Like we're not going to be fully without tribulation and we're not going to experience the greatness of God's plan until we are in heaven with him. Mm -hmm. And how we get there is by living a life of greatness in God's eyes, a life of virtue in this life now. Padre Pio said it this way, and I think it, it illustrates some of the points of what we're talking about, about the troubles we'll face and why we face them. Padre Pio said it this way, have courage and do not fear the assaults of the devil. Remember this forever. It is a healthy sign if the devil shouts and roars around your conscience, since this shows that he is not inside your will. Kara, I just think that, going back to what you said at the beginning, if I am very comfortable and everything is going just perfectly fine, Mm -hmm. then I might be a little bit concerned that maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because of what 
Jesus himself said, when, when you go off to serve the Lord, it is stepping out into the battlefield. There will be tribulation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the point of this episode is not the woe is the culture, but really to have courage for Christ has overcome the world, John 16. So I think Fred and I just really want to encourage you to to do exactly that, to have courage to walk a different direction from the world, to not be afraid to see the things that are broken in the cultural in the culture's thinking or in the way that that so many are living and sometimes we fall into living but to have courage to recognize and be self-aware like god's calling me to something greater i am made for more than this and to live that way amen so we want to close this episode out with a reflection just realizing the ways of the world and um what god actually says and the words of christ And so I just invite you, especially if you're not driving, uh, if you're driving, don't do this, but I just invite you to close your eyes and maybe listen to this reflection and imagine that it's Christ in front of you speaking his words of scripture. The world lives as if there is no truth, no right or wrong. But I say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The world seeks wealth and power, but I seek a pure heart in you and say, blessed are the poor in spirit. The world shouts pride from the streets in parades, but I ask for humility. I say, whoever humbles himself as a child will be the greatest. The world thrives on money and says to be anything you must have it. But I say, go sell all your things and follow me. The world lacks faith and laughs at those who believe in a God they cannot see. But I say, blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. The world avoids suffering at all costs, but I say, whoever wishes to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up the cross of suffering and follow me. The world confuses true love for lust, a fleeting feeling, a selfish arrangement, but I show you my love, just as I did to Thomas, by showing you my wounds. I ask you, look at my hands, put out your hand and place it in my side. My sacrifice is true love. To live as the world lives is not living for me. You are in this world, but you are not made for this world. I ask you to have courage and to seek me in all things. And I give you my promise. Those who endure till the end will be saved.